Chapter 8 of The Outdoor Girls at Foaming Falls. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Outdoor Girls at Foaming Falls by Laura Lee Hope. The Speeding Car. Will was looking for Amy, as his sister suggested, which was proved by the way his face lit up when she appeared with Molly and Grace. Under cover of the general and noisy greetings, he made his way to her. I wanted to tell you that I fixed things up so that I can spend at least one weekend with you, maybe two. In the meantime, he added ruefully, Deepdale is going to be a pretty lonesome place. Plenty of people left in it yet, old dear, said Grace, coming up in time to hear this part of his plaint. Come on, Amy. Molly's foot tappeth with impatience. It doth not, Molly interposed. It can't, for the simple reason that it has somebody's bundle on top of it. Anyway, you will let me know if you get the new position, won't you, Will? Amy managed to whisper as she was swept toward the car. To be sure, he answered. Everything ought to be settled pretty soon now. Good luck, said Frank, as Molly stepped on the accelerator and motioned him off the running board. Wish we were going with you. Some folks have all the luck, added Roy, with a gusty sigh. If you don't get out of the way, you won't have any, said Molly, and wickedly swerved the car so that Roy was forced to jump out of the way. I'll get you for that, young lady, he threatened, shaking a fist at her. Try and get me, she dared. Since the big car was already gathering headway, Roy had little chance to take the dare. "'Wait till I meet you in the country,' he shouted after her, and received a mocking wave of the hand in reply. The big car slid from the driveway into the road. The girls were on their way. Amy looked back and saw Will standing there, gazing after her. She put her head out of the car and cried, "'Good luck!' He seemed to understand, for he smiled and waved to her just before the car turned the curve in the road, and they were all lost to sight. Stella driving the Ford, followed faithfully after Molly. The latter had gone only a block or two when she flung out a hand to warn Stella she was going to slow up. Then she drew the car to a standstill beside the curb. Now what? queried Grace, who was in the tonneau with the luggage. Stella got out and came running up, thinking that Molly had discovered a punctured tire or met with some other calamity. I thought we might stop a few moments at Betty's, the latter explained. We can't leave without saying goodbye to her. Fine, said Stella, and darted back to her car. The two cars drew up before Betty's home a few minutes later, and the drivers honked their horns furiously. The door of the bungalow flew open, and not only Betty, but Alan came out. Betty flew down to the cars, looking as bright and pretty as a June rose in a morning dress of blue gingham and an embroidered bungalow apron over it. Girls, she cried, leaning on the door of Molly's car while Irene and Stella came and joined the group. What a gorgeous day to start your trip. Like to go, hon? Alan was behind her, smiling quizzically. Like to pop in behind with the luggage and Grace? Betty shook her head while Grace murmured, Thanks for putting me last. I'm afraid there wouldn't be room, she said with a crookedly wistful smile. Silly! Molly put her hand over the little captain's as it rested on the door, 
We'd find room for you somewhere. Betty, I do wish you could come. It isn't half a spree without you. With an effort, Betty shook off her wistful mood. She smiled and patted Molly's hand in turn. Alan and I are coming up later anyway, you know, she said. And then you can tell me all about your beautiful good times. Write as often as you can in the meantime. We will, the girls cried in chorus. Stella and Irene made a dash for the Ford while Molly started her motor. Goodbye, Betty. Goodbye, little captain. You have all the luck, Alan. I know it. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good time. All this while the machines were turning round. Then a final chorus of goodbye, and their little captain was left behind for the first time since the forming of the Outdoor Girls Club. I feel like weeping, said Molly, and as though more fully to express her emotion, stepped on the accelerator. The car leaped ahead. Grace reached for her hat, pulling it more snugly on her head. You needn't wreck the car for all that, she said. Weep if you must, but lay off that accelerator. Molly giggled, and the danger was past. Keep your eye on Stella to see if she can make the grade, she instructed. If you see her falling behind, tell me, and we'll slow down. She seems to be coming along all right so far, said Amy, after looking back. I don't think you need worry about Stella, remarked Grace. I imagine she must have had plenty of practice with the Ford, or Mr. Sibley would not have trusted her with it. Secret practice, then, said Molly, her eyes intent on the road ahead. The sly child never told us she was learning to drive. She told me her father bought the Ford for her to practice on, said Grace. When she gets so that she can skid the car successfully about dangerous curves, in imitation of you, Molly, she will graduate into the eight-cylinder class. At least, so I understand. Well, if she makes this trip without coming to grief, I guess we may safely give her a diploma, laughed Molly. From what she tells me of the roads leading up to Foaming Falls, I imagine she will need all her nerve and skill when we come to them. That's encouraging, sighed Grace. I do hope you are feeling particularly fit this morning, Molly. Never better, said Molly cheerfully. I guess if I haven't yet rolled you down a rocky cliff, I won't begin today. I say... Look out there! Do you want all the road? A handsome limousine had rounded the bend in the road, not a hundred yards ahead, and was tearing down upon them at an alarming rate of speed. Get over! Get over! shrieked Grace to the driver of the oncoming car. What's the matter? Are you crazy? End of chapter 8 Read by Nancy Cochran Gergen Gilbert, Arizona August 12, 2022